Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post uh, devotional podcast. And for those of you that have been following along, we've been going through the book of Colossians. Today's focus, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3, uh, 1 to verse 11. This will be part 1. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump in reading the text. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off these all these rather anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy language out of your mouth do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with its deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither greek nor jew circumcised or uncircumcision barbarian scythian slave nor free but christ is all in all Eschatology is a word commonly used today that simply means the study of the last things or the end times. It refers to the final and eternal state of all things or the events leading up to that state. Well, uh, this particular passage may not be among your favorite top 10 passages on end time events. It, it does contain interesting points that are not immediately obvious, but are significant for eschatology. In Paul's mind, this passage speaks to eschatology, and we can learn from it. Examining the text this morning, we can um, distinguish two types of conditional rules. We've talked about this before. The first formally we discussed can be found in the chapter's first verse, commonly known as the if-then formula. The if established the condition or the then. But then the second formula we can identify is the when-then formula, which is established a con- which establishes a condition that um, when met will lead to a particular outcome. 
So in this passage, the when-then formula is expressed as when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This uh, verse is familiar to many and can be uh, easily recited, but comprehending its meaning can be a distinct challenge. So what what is meant behind um, Paul's statement when Christ, who is our life, appears? Does the phrase, who is our life, simply imply, imply, for instance, Paul's passion for Christ? Like, for instance, in the same way that someone might say, golf is my life, with hobbies and likes, dislikes, and choices all influenced by this particular passion? Well, maybe, uh, while this is a possible interpretation, I believe there's a more to the phrase when considered within its broader context. So let me explain. The phrase, who is our life, is meant to be understood metaphysically. Throughout the New Testament, Christ is portrayed as the source and the sustainer of spiritual life for the believers. He is the way, um, the truth, and the life. And notice there's the definite article thought in front of each one of those words. He's not a way, a truth, and a life. This is the definitive statement. Jesus said he's the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And the foundation of our hope, and therefore he's the foundation of our hope for eternal life, rather. When Paul refers to Christ as our life, he's emphasizing the central role that Christ plays in the life of a believer beyond mere hobbies or obsessions. The phrase appears in this context to refer to the second, um, rather, sorry, the phrase appears, so when Christ appears, so the phrase appears in this context refers to the second coming of Christ as promised in the New Testament. At that time, those who have put their faith in Christ will be raised to new life and glorified with him. Thus, the phrase when Christ when Christ, who is our life, appears, refers to all believers, future hope, and the ultimate fulfillment of the faith in Christ, which is bodily resurrection. This idea is supported by 1 Corinthians 15, which states, Behold, I show you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, meaning die, but we shall all be changed, meaning those who died and those who are alive when this particular event happens, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye the last trump. For the trump will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we, presuming we're alive at this particular time, and we shall be changed. So this passage is this passage speaks of the future resurrection of believers, which will occur at the last trump, and in a moment. So this is consistent with the idea of that believers will be raised to new life at the moment of Christ's return. Similarly, in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, Paul writes, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry cry command, or some uh, verses say with a trump, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then um, we who are alive and and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so be with the Lord. So this passage speaks of the future resurrection of the believers as well, not, not in my opinion, in the context, not a secret rapture. 
This passage speaks of the future resurrection of believers, which will occur at the moment of Christ's return. So it describes believers being caught up to meet Christ in the air and being with him forever, which is consistent with the idea that believers will be glorified with Christ when he appears. Therefore, when Christ, who is our life, appears, refers to believers' hope and the ultimate fulfillment of their faith in Christ, as I said, namely bodily resurrection. Well, when we encounter or when we examine, rather, this passage from a broader perspective, we encounter a whole new set of questions. For instance, we may wonder, well, what's the meant, or what's the meaning of the phrase caught up? What is the meaning of the phrase meeting the Lord in the air? You know, is this to be taken symbolically? Is this to be taken literally? And unfortunately, um, due to the limitations of our discussion today, we won't be able to delve into the various interpretations and views regarding these concepts. But our aim is simply to examine the text itself without imposing our personal opinions or eschatological theories onto it. Does this approach provide us with a comprehensive understanding of Christ's return? No, but it does bring uh, some light to a few key points that we that can be um, useful and helpful resources as we seek to comprehend better what the Bible teaches about es- eschatology. Eschatology is a, a complex and often debated topic within Christian theology, but it's also an essential aspect of our faith. Understanding the ultimate fulfillment of our hope in Christ and the promise of e- and the promise of eternal life is crucial for our spiritual growth and and perseverance. As we continue uh, to study and reflect on eschatology, let us approach the text with an open mind, seeking to understand its meanings within its historical and theological context. And may we also remember that our hope is in Christ, who is our life, and may we eagerly await his return (laughs) with faith and anticipation. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.